and welcome back to the Christian Formation Podcast, where we exist to connect the story of God with the story of man. My name is Raven, and I am joined by Andrew, and today we are talking about fasting. Yeah, our church in the month of August this year is taking a whole month to focus on prayer and fasting. And so uh, a few weeks ago, probably the last week of July, we were we're in the middle of a, a hunt for a, a space to meet on Sundays, and um, we have had a realtor, we've strategized, we've talked about different places, where we want to go, we've met with a bunch of people, and we were in a meeting, and we were talking about all these different options, and we just kind of felt this like... Um, not like despair, but kind of this, like, we just don't really know what we're going to do. There didn't seem to be great options. And uh, we feel like the Lord just kind of laid it on us to not just pray as a staff team or as leaders sometimes, but to really invite our whole church mm-hmm. into to praying and fasting for this. And so um, we kind of quickly turned around and said, okay, let's just start in August, take the whole month and have our whole church pray and fast together. Uh, and so we're right in the middle of it. And so if mm-hmm. you're listening to this uh, right as we release it, you're probably in the middle of fasting, or maybe you're fasting actually today, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday. Um, But yeah, so we decided, hey, let's just pray and fast, and we'll see if the Lord um, provides something or see what the Lord does as as He speaks to us in this building hunt. Yeah. And so how many people do you think had fasted before this in our church? Uh, It's a good question. I think... Uh, probably a minority. I, so I don't know the exact like percentage or number, but my guess is that not a ton of people fasted. So maybe if you're listening to this, if you're in our church, maybe this is the first time you fasted. I know that I've talked to a few people in our church that have had more sporadic times of fasting, or they've done it a couple times when they were younger or something. Um, but very few, I, I think, have a, a regular rhythm of fasting. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is you know, the prayer piece that we have for the month, we have, we're praying in city groups. We have an alarm set at 402 every day that people are praying. Um, we prayed at our worship night about this. So some of that stuff, I feel like people get their minds around, mm-hmm. but it really is the fasting thing that I think is, is new. But what about you? Have yeah. you fasted or what's your experience been with fasting before? Yeah, for me, I had fasted twice before and I think I did do teas and other liquids to kind of give me nourishment throughout the day. But this time I just did straight water and it has been completely, completely, completely different. I mean, you probably remember that first day, Andrew. We were recording a podcast and I just couldn't even talk. <laughs> I we were recording at like eight in the morning or something and you were already <laughs> done for the day. Yeah, I definitely have a routine and a rhythm to when I eat. And yeah, so that was a lot more difficult than I had expected. But I think for a lot of people in our church, this was a lot more difficult. It was funny being in group chats and getting messages like, hey, yo, I'm hungry. Are you guys hungry? (laughs) But then also being able to pray together and know that every single, a lot of people really in our church at 402 are praying as a whole. Yeah. So when we think of fasting, um, we're primarily talking about, and we'll maybe get into this a little bit more later, but primarily talking about um, a, a day or roughly 24 hours where we're going without any sort of food. That's how we're doing it. So for our church, we're doing it every Wednesday as a body. We are fasting anything but but water basically for the day. Um, so as, as Raven, as you were doing this the last couple weeks, mm-hmm. you, you said that it's been more difficult maybe than you expected. What, what were kind of like your expectations? So if you haven't done it a lot before, you hear, okay, the whole church, we're fasting this day. What was the expectation going in? I thought it was going to be a lot easier to be honest. I thought, oh yeah, this will be a piece of cake. I won't get that hungry. And to wake up and have the first thing in the morning, just be hunger pains <laughs> and not be able to really talk or have the energy or by three o'clock, I was sitting in my desk kind of slumped over and Jared, one of the pastors walked in and he goes, oh, 
you're not looking that great. <laughs> he goes, I mean it in the best way possible. But I just knew, I mean, my whole body felt so fatigued and tired and I just wasn't expecting that physical exhaustion really. Yeah. Do you, um, so if that was a little bit more challenging, I, I think for a lot of people, again, if you're listening to this, maybe this is the first time you fasted, or maybe you've been hearing us talk about this and you haven't had mm-hmm. the courage to actually try it. I do think it, it, it is hard for most people. I, I know very few people that can go the whole day and it's like super easy, which in some ways that is the point, but, um, mm-hmm. but it is a challenge for, for most people. So as you were going through that, either for yourself or, or people in your city group, as you're talking, even with the difficulties, what would you say was the, um, the, what was good about the day or what did you experience or what did you learn, uh, these first couple of days as you fasted? Yeah. I think during the day, it's really easy to just focus on. I'm just hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. But the next morning, breaking the fast both times, I felt so just thankful for the Lord. I remember that first day, I remembered that God is our provider and sustainer. And so I realized, and we had talked about this in the office, that just as I am looking forward to eating or praying, okay, God, provide a building every time I'm hungry, we should be relying on God like that just daily with little things. And so I just realized how often I neglect him because I do have food in my belly and I forget that he is the actual one who provides that food in the first place. And then the second time I just realized just how good God is, that he's good regardless of the outcome of our prayers. And it's been really cool because I feel like our Bible reading plan has really matched up with those learnings and either in a Psalm that we read the next morning, or I think we were in, oh, I'm trying to remember, we're in Daniel or maybe it was right before we got to Daniel. And it was just that idea that God is good. He is good regardless of our out of our prayers and the outcome of our prayers. So yeah, it was just really cool just to see him in a new light. Yeah. 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 Our, um, our month, as we said, the goal is obviously we're thinking about a building and a future home for our church. Um, so we're praying every day for that. We're fasting. And as we're fasting, we're praying into this, but I do think what you're saying is, is, you know, maybe a side effect, I guess, or a consequence mm-hmm. of this, but um, really what God, maybe the primary thing that God ends up doing this month is just creating a dependency in our people for him. So you can't fast. Uh, and if you're thinking about why you're fasting, you can't go through the day without recognizing, you know, the correlation between my body and how much my body needs food, how much mm-hmm. like it just messes with my body if I don't get food throughout the day and how that is supposed to be kind of a, a mirror, a picture, a shadow of how our souls should long for and desire God and that we need God. Just like our body needs substance, our souls need God. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of sin and because of just a, a history uh, of a life lived without like this dependence on God, we've basically shoved that down and we think mm-hmm. we can operate it without it. And so it would be as if you um, just fasted so often that you were so malnourished, but that you just like, you functioned off of very, very little food and your body just enough to basically stay alive, but your body's just not functioning right. Mm-hmm. Well, if that our souls need to be in communion with God, and when we're not, um, you may still function, but it's, it's, it's functioning in a malnourished spiritual sense. And yeah. so uh, I think one of the things that I'm excited about this month is that, um, fasting hopefully will build this like dependence and our just our humility and understanding of how much we need God mm-hmm. and hopefully yeah just deepens our church as a community in our relationship with God. Yeah. 
And with that, Andrew, what were some of the biblical reasons why we decided to fast for a building specifically and pray during this time? Yeah, so that's another really good question. Um, it's a question that I think is, is helpful. Maybe even if you're listening to this, I've talked to a few people um, that have questioned, you know, is is fasting actually biblical? Is this just something that we do? And so mm-hmm. uh, we did want to like, yeah, maybe take a step back and say, okay, is there a biblical basis for fasting? And let me throw out uh, a couple passages. Um, we see this, I think, throughout the entire higher Bible. We see it sometimes um, in teaching and like prescribed, and we see it sometimes just in stories. So um, if we think about the Old Testament, um, there's a a few different stories of Moses fasting for 40 days, Elijah fasting for 40 days. Um, There's a story in... um, in Ezra and Nehemiah, well, a couple different ones in, in those two books where um, Ezra, they are, um, the people of God are, are confessing their sins, they're, they're needing protection. Um, there's a, multiple different places in the book where it says because they like either need something from God or they're going mm-hmm. to God, they go to God in prayer and fasting. And so um, there's a, a place in Ezra 9 where it talks about this, um, and Ezra 8 and different places where basically the people are either confessing sins or they're just asking the Lord for his help or to be with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says that they would, would pray and fast while they do this. Uh, in Nehemiah, um, I believe it's Nehemiah 9.1, it talks about the people of God fasting um, as they come before the Lord. And so there's different stories throughout the Old Testament where we see the people of God primarily when they're either in the presence of God, seeking the presence of God, or in humility, they're coming before God as sinful people. Um, they don't just pray or they don't just confess their sins, but this idea of fasting seems to be just a, a correlation of um, their dependence on God and kind of showing mm-hmm. um, their dependence on God. Uh, then we can flip to the New Testament and a couple of passages I would give. Um, so Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about fasting uh, in Matthew 6, and, and when he talks about it, um, he talks about it as if it's just like, this is just a, a thing that, that, that we do. And he's giving some like guidance and direction on how to go about doing it. So that's Matthew 6. A couple chapters later in Matthew 9, um, some people are coming to Jesus and they basically ask him the question, hey, you know, there's different religious groups of people, different Jews, and they're fasting. But they come to him and they say, hey, your disciples aren't fasting. All right, so there's an interesting question that like in the Jewish religion, apparently fasting is so interwoven because they're looking at Jesus and his disciples who are not fasting and say, that's a problem. And so mm-hmm. they come to him and says, why are you not fasting? And his response is, uh, he says, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus is saying, hey, as long as I'm here with my people, they don't need to fast. Like I'm here, I'm in the presence of them. So they're not going to fast when I go away, then they will fast. And so it's this interesting, Mm -hmm. I think it does a couple things for us. One, it shows part of the purpose of fasting is to like engage with the presence of God. Cause Jesus says, if I'm here, they don't need to fast because part of the heart of fasting is that you would actually commune with God. Mm -hmm. Um, But the second thing is he does seem to assume once again, when I am not here, so like in the age we're living in where Jesus is not physically on earth, he says, well, then they will fast. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be this assumption that the church will fast when he's not here. And so um, I think that gets played out then throughout the books of book of Acts. There's a number of times that we see in the early church. One of the most famous is in Acts 13. Um, it says that the church is uh, praying and some of the leaders were praying and fasting. And God, during this time of fasting, spoke and he called out Paul and Barnabas and mm-hmm. set them apart 
apart for new missionary work. And so there's this correlation through Acts in a variety of places where when the church or when the people of God come together to pray and fast, um, the Lord sometimes uniquely moves in those seasons um, to advance his kingdom. And so mm. um, so I think just through Old Testament, Jesus' teaching, New Testament, and in, in the book of Acts, we just see that this is just kind of a, it's, it's almost often an assumption of just the people of God will do this. And I think it's interesting that, especially in those New Testament passages, um, we see highlighted that fasting is about the the communion with God, so our presence with Him, um, but it's also when we come before Him either to confess sins and repent or when we just we need something, we ask Him and we just lay our request before Him, we pray and we fast, and it seems like God moves in that. Hmm. Yeah. And so what if God doesn't answer our prayer? with a building? What if we don't have our own building by the end of this? What does that mean? Yeah. So I think we can ask, so we lay our request before God, we pray and we fast and we completely 100% trust him for the results. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's a bad thing for us in this month to expect that God's going to answer. We have biblical warrant that God wants us to fast and that he has moved in the past through Mm -hmm. fasting. We could move from acts throughout church history and you see movements of God from people that were just dependent on God through prayer and fasting and depending on his word. And so I I don't think it's wrong to say, I think God could move in this. I expect God to move in this. Um, However, with that being said, we are not sovereign and we do not know, you know, the the plan of God. So maybe in our month of prayer and fasting, in God's sovereignty, he works it out to where there's a a perfect building that he wants us in the right neighborhood to help the neighbors and and to do this. And Mm -hmm. maybe that building is in 2022, you know, and we just, we don't know. Like for us, it seems like God has to provide the building on September 1st and maybe he does. And and that would be amazing. Or maybe he does in October or maybe he does it in 2021 or whatever. And, and so I don't think, our laying our request before God is ever in vain. Like he's Mm -hmm. going to use that. Um, and he's going to use it for the, for our best possible good. And so, um, we trust him in that. Uh, we also have been saying that, um, we're going to pray for the building because that seems like a big need for us as a church right now. Um, but we also, we, we don't even, we're not even, uh, self-aware enough as a people to know our greatest needs. So Mm -hmm. God knows more than we do. So to us, it seems like a building's our biggest need. So we're going to lay that before him. That might be true or it might not. And through a month of prayer and fasting, um, one of the other things we've said is through this COVID season, it's just hard to feel um, connected to people. And it's hard as a community when we're all scattered and it's just tough for people. Some people are in the room, some people aren't, some city groups are meeting, some people don't feel comfortable yet coming Mm -hmm. back and being so scattered. A month of just praying together and uniting around something like this Maybe that's the greatest thing. And God needed yeah. to use the building to get our church to pray and be connected through this. And so mm. um, we don't fully know what the results are. We trust that to God. But we do expect that he is going to do something because we know, again, mm-hmm. biblically, that he works when his people are dependent on him in humility, coming to him in prayer and fasting. Yeah, that's good. And our expectation of what will happen might not be his will, like you were saying. Yeah. So with fasting, does it have to be food? I know that I've had that question before and... Some people have asked, is it right for me to fast because of medical conditions or anything like that? What would you say to people who are asking that question? Yeah, I would usually start with food and say food is in our in our world, in our life, um, the thing that maybe we're most dependent on. Like again, we said earlier, like when your body doesn't have food for even just a handful of hours or one day, it just does weird things mm-hmm. to your body. And so it's because fasting is trying to commune with God and, and trying to lay our request before God, but it's also preaching to our own souls the yeah. need that we have for God. 
Food is one of the greatest things that you can take away and just remind yourself. It's a physical thing that you can do to preach to your heart, my soul needs God. John Piper once mm-hmm. said um, that fasting is the exclamation point on the sentence, God, I need you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we can say that. And when you fast, you like know that in a deeper way. So I would say start with food. Now, there are people, whether it's medical conditions, um, we have a few women in our church that are pregnant right now. So there's certain things that um, it's probably not wise for you to go 24 hours without food. And so um, we don't want to make that like a legalistic thing. I think that's one of the best ways we can do it, um, but not the only way. So Mm -hmm. we have people in our church that are, um, you know, fasting, they're removing other things that are pivotal parts of their life. And so um, it basically don't fast from something that you rarely do, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you like never watch TV and you say, well, I'm going to fast for TV on Wednesdays, but there's like a 20% chance you watch TV anyway, like you, that's missing the point. So if you can't do food, take something that is like a key part of your daily mm-hmm. rhythm and set that aside and don't do that for a day. Because the goal, again, is just to lay aside an earthly thing to focus on a spiritual thing, um, but also preach to your heart as you're thinking about it all throughout mm-hmm. the day. So if you if you pick something that's not something you normally do, you just kind of miss, I think, the heart of it. But what would you yeah. say? Any, any other examples of that that you've yeah. seen that's been good? One of the women in our church told me that she decided to do social media for the month because that is something that she struggles with, but also she had a past of disordered eating and so she couldn't mentally engage in fasting because she knew that's just not healthy for me. And again, I think that was something too, that she just put a lot of prayer into as well because she wanted to do it with the rest of the church, but then couldn't. And so I even told her, Hey, that's okay. I mean, every person's fasting experience will look different, but again, this is just a time for you to depend on the Lord and also see him in a new way as well. Yep. And I think that's great. I think the the heart behind fasting has to be emphasized, not the the logistics and the lines that we draw. And again, I think you see that even in some of Jesus' teaching. Like he he even goes so far to say, look, if you're if you're fasting and you're trying to get other people to see it or notice it or you're doing it for some external reasons, so you're missing the whole point. And in fact, he says you kind of you get your reward if you're doing it for other mm. reasons and that happens. Like if you want somebody to notice you fasting and they do, he said, Great, you've got your reward. But if you do this as a thing like in your heart between you and God, um, or for us, you know, this month we're doing it community communally between us and God. Um, We're not trying to do this for external reasons or to be like legalistic or draw a bunch of lines. We're just trying to say, hey, as a church, we want to be dependent on God and reliant on him this season. And so let's pray and let's fast together. But the way that those things happen um, can be a little bit unique to different people. Mm -hmm. So then what are some tips that you would give people or practical advice if this is their first time fasting or even just for people in our church that have fasted the past two weeks and now this is the third week, third Wednesday, what advice would you give them as they carry on? Yeah, I think, um, so if this is your first time fasting, maybe you've already experienced this, or if you haven't started yet, I would encourage you to, um, set the, the, set your ground rules before you start fasting. This may seem obvious, but while you're, so if you haven't done a food fast by noon or 3 PM, you're going to try to figure out loopholes of how to get food in your system. And so like everybody's going to do that. So you just have to, if you're fasting on Wednesday, Tuesday, just be very clear. I am going to fast from, you know, this. So for us right now, it's been, for most of our church, it's been 
all anything but water. So I'm going to fast from everything but water from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. And you just set that and be very clear if it's helpful. Like we have in, in our city group and some different city groups, um, you know, people are kind of talking to each other about it and kind of doing this together. And so I think it's v- be very clear on the front end, because if you're not, you will figure out a way to yeah. eat food during or, or if it's social media or something and you don't set those ground rules, you'll, you'll figure out a way to, to fudge on that. So mm-hmm. I would say be very clear. And then I would also just encourage um, in the middle of it to truly try as much as you can to when you think about food or whatever the thing is that you're fasting, try to just pray. And so even if that's you're sitting at your desk and your stomach's grumbling or something, take 10 seconds and just pray. And um, that's not like a quick fix and it's not going to make your stomach not be hungry, but that is the point of this, that every time you, your body is feeling like you're hungry, um, that should just show us how much our soul should be wanting this mm. communion with God. And so yeah. just tell God that and communicate with God all day through this. Um, and so, so, and then also within that, do those little times, but then try to set apart a couple big times. So maybe instead of when you take 30 minutes for lunch, just go and pray and do a prayer walk for 30 minutes and get out. Um, and so set apart these times where you would be eating or when you're thinking about eating and, and actually pray. Um, and the last thing I would say is to do this with people. So if yeah. you're in our church, so there's a bunch of people doing this, just reach out to us, reach out to people in your city group and talk to people. Um, cause it is easier. You can kind of make it lighthearted. You can joke mm-hmm. around like you're mentioning, like, and it just, it helps to do that. Um, because if you've never fasted before, it is going to be hard and it's going to be a challenge. And, and so to endure and keep going, um, yeah, doing community. Yeah. And sorry, last thing I would say on this, um, break the fast well too. So we have this, this sense of we, we fast because we need God and because Jesus, as he says in Matthew 9, he's not here physically with us. So there's this kind of this break in unity to some sense because we're not fully with him. Um, but on this side of what Jesus has done, he does dwell within us and we do have the presence of God in some sense. And so we fast, um, but it can be said we, we fast, but we also want to feast. Like mm-hmm. we do understand as a community, that God is with us, that he has answered prayers, that we can actually be with him. Uh, and so one thing that I really like to like push for people is whenever your fast is over, whether it's just by yourself or with people, cook a really good meal, like actually eat well and enjoy the things that God has given us. Cause food or, or even social media or whatever it is you're fasting from isn't inherently bad. Like it can be mm-hmm. a good gift from God. And so enjoy that. When you're done with the fast, don't just think that God, you know, wants you to kind of suffer through it. Like do the fast to remember God in his presence and then enjoy God's presence. Cause you, mm-hmm. if you're a Christian, you do actually dwell with God, not fully yet, but in part. And so the, the kind of feasting on the other end can help do yeah. that wisely. Cause your stomach might be a little bit upset mm-hmm. depending on what you eat, but yeah. um, feast in, in some sense. Yeah. And I think too, it's also important to note that for our church, we've been doing a 24 hour fast, but we had a lot of people that <laughs> at least in our city group were laughing and almost kind of frustrated because they said, we've been basically doing 32 hours. So they woke up Wednesday morning, didn't eat anything all day and then broke the fast on Thursday morning. And so when they found out, oh, I could just do dinner to dinner. We said, yeah, but again, it's the heart behind it. Yeah. It's the, just this dependence on God. It's not about the legalism of just saying, okay, on Thursday morning is the first time that you can eat. Um, but yeah, breaking the fast well and almost too, I would say even putting parameters around that, because at least for me, the next morning, it was so, 
easy for me to just go, okay, I'm just going to gorge all day because I literally have not eaten. And so I just need to eat for two days. It's like, no, you can still go back into that rhythm of daily life and also remembering it's to glorify the Lord. It's not a legalistic thing. It's not just trying to make up for the day before. It's truly just remembering that the Lord will provide and he's going to continue to provide for your body and also your spiritual state. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Formation Podcast as we talked about fasting today. We exist to connect the story of God with the story of man and live all of life in the presence of God. And so if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out at formation at providenceomaha.org or visit our website at providenceomaha.org. See you next week.